0: Subscribe on iTunes at ToddCastPodcast. Hello? Ryan. Todd. Hey, dude. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Really good. Cool, cool. Thank you for taking some time here to join us.
1: Yeah, man, my pleasure. I think the last time I spoke to you was
0: 1990-something. I was going to say it's probably something (laughs) like that, or or certainly at the very beginning of the 2000s. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, Yeah, it's been a minute.
0: Yeah, so, uh, of course, most most recently people are going to know you from taking on the role of uh, Fred Andrews in Riverdale, but they're going to know you for, I mean, man, your resume, dude, is impressive. (laughs) Arrow Van Helsing, Pure, I mean, that scratches the surface. And, and of course, we're going to get into all those shows, but I, I was hoping to maybe for this time, Ryan, I want to go back to the beginning and and the things that you were watching and being influenced as a little kid. Like, what are the shows and, and actors and actresses that are, you know, kind of leading you down that path?
1: Oh, man. You know what? It's crazy. It depends on where you start. Like, uh, I was a big uh, comic book fan growing up, and that sort of shaped my imagination as an only child. And Yeah. Um, comic books and music and movies. Um, and then sort of later when I w- was able to sort of appreciate performance, um, I was really motivated by guys. Like Paul Newman was a big deal to me. Robin Williams was a big deal to me. Um, sort of a vast, like, you know, I, one of the earliest memories I have is watching Three's Company with my mom. <laughs> and John Ritter just blew my mind. And the stuff my mom would watch, like Three's Company and the Carol Burnett Show and physical comedians, ironically, were like the the first thing that caught me John Ritter, Tim Conway, Mm. that stuff I just thought was incredible. Um, and then later it was seeing Robin Williams do dramatic turns that kind of started to really amp me up a little bit. And then when I found out that Michael J Fox was a BC kid who had made it, (laughs) suddenly Mm. I had all this hope and, uh, you know 21 jump street was filming in vancouver and you're like wait what hang on a second that's that's so close i grew up on the island in victoria and uh yeah there were these stories that made me you know think maybe maybe i could do this I, i don't know you know i was i had no idea how to get into this business and it was a it was a crazy crazy journey for me including like homelessness and living <laughs> on the streets of vancouver and and <laughs> and, I, and, the, and the craziest part was music was always a part of my life and it was being in a band um back in the old days uh and a, a wonderful filmmaker named Kristen clarkson uh was a fan of my old band helen keller and she put me in a movie she was she cast musician she cast me she cast uh my very good uh friend my my brother todd kearns uh in the movie and,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh and we um we made this tiny little movie and from that i got an agent and everything sort of went from there
0: how long have you been kind of grinding at it now then 20 years 20 years
1: wow 20 years I, I got a bit of a you know like i guess in in hollywood terms it was a bit of a late start but you know um i had been the band took up a lot of my time in my 20s and and you know when you're, when you're playing the types of shows we did and the albums and stuff. It, 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 it takes a it takes a toll, and sure. and uh, and I had such horrible stage fright that I was I would I created a character for myself to you know just to be able to perform on stage, and uh, and That's I would do that a lot.
2: Something and, else, and,
1: and then you just you find yourself like you know getting into this situation where you think, oh man, people like this character I've created more than they like me, and and when you're in your early twenties, you, you you go down that rabbit hole of like to be this creature you've created and and um i look back at those days and you know i think man like it it was a blast but i I don't know that i would like that guy too much if i met him today Mm -hmm. but all that shaped me you know all, all all that um all that stuff sort of um i think made me able to 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 do some of the performances that I, that I that i have um you know been grateful to have the opportunity to, to play you know some of the roles i played have been you know i was a werewolf on tv for four seasons and then the next thing i know i'm playing charles manson in the movie right after that it was bananas
0: mm-hmm. and it's not like you're a drama nerd in high school
1: i we i went to an arts oriented high school and um i did have a really incredible uh drama teacher who who inspired me a lot okay. um, I was definitely performance oriented um but I was driven differently i'm a blue collar kid I'm just like a, i'm my work ethic you know is 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 kind of is a bit, a bit unique like i just i want to go to work and i want to do the best job um possible and that, that really motivates me and i just have i constantly feel like I've got something to prove like i' I don't think I'll ever be satisfied you know people ask me you know, what's your favorite role you've ever played? And my answer is always, I don't know if I've played it yet. Mm. You know, I'm not, I'm not satisfied yet.
0: Yeah, do you think it's imperative to have a manager?
1: Um, for me at this point in my career, it is. Um, but I didn't need one for, for ages. Um, at this point, you know, i have got my, I've got agent, manager, lawyers, accountants, like it's just like now it's just gone crazy. Right. You know, um, which is pretty awesome. But, uh,
0: That's awesome.
1: It is. It, it is awesome, and I'm grateful. And and I have, when I went, the last time I went to to sign with a manager, I met with all these fancy people. And um, not to say that my manager's not fancy. My manager's amazing. Um, but I went in there, and he showed up in T-shirts and jeans and a backpack, and we talked for about an hour about everything but the business. We talked comic books, and we talked music and we talked like movies and actors and sam rockwell had just done this really cool thing you know we were just and then we're like oh i guess we should talk about whether or not yeah we're gonna work together and it's been great ever since
0: the main thing though is that you actually get along with these people that are trying to advance your career
1: Yeah, man, that's it. I mean, my agent's know me my whole career. She's she's a beast. She's a powerhouse, and I I love her to pieces. And you know, and it's funny. My my biggest thing when I went to meet managers, I was like, I just want my phone call returned before the end of the day. I I just don't. I I I don't. I want to feel like I'm the only client you have. And everybody looked at me like, who the hell do you think you are? And I'm I'm serious. I I don't. I just want. I want to feel like I'm I'm the only client you have in my. Reps make me feel that way. And that's not an ego thing. That's just an insecurity thing. Right. <laughs> <That's just> like, <laughs> you know, like, I just, just please return my calls and validate me, for God's sake.
0: Yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, that doesn't seem like a, a lot to ask, you know what I mean? So we're, we're talking off the top um, about the, the shows that people know you from, Pure, Van Helsing, Arrow, of course, now Riverdale. Did any of these roles come easier to land than the others?
1: Van Helsing was one... I have a really great relationship with Simon Barry, who is a creator, showrunner, uh, from when I was on Continuum, and he was doing Van Helsing at the time, and I had worked with his producing partners on Van Helsing on a show called Hell on Wheels, so that fell into place. Great show. Pretty, well, Hell on Wheels? Yeah, man, that show is. Oh, awesome. Oh, man, uh, unbelievable. Um, one of my dearest, oldest friends, Chris Heyerdahl, plays the suite on the show, and I think- Oh, he, no way. You know. Cool one of the m- most incredible, uh, arcs and performances I've ever seen. That guy is just a beast.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, and, and if people that are listening haven't haven't seen this, uh, hell on wheels, that series, man is
1: awesome. Oh, Dude, you it's do awesome. Do yourself a favor. Find yeah. it. Watch it. You it's, need to watch it. it. Yeah. It's crazy. And I had formed some great relationships. There was a director, Michael Nankin and, um, Neil LeBute had worked on the show and I happen to have this really great arc on the show. And I had a very memorable, uh, one of my episodes was incredibly memorable. Specifically, this one scene I did with Common and Anson Mount. Um, and it kind of really stuck out for a lot of people. And, and that was something that uh, was remembered when I sort of was having my meetings with everybody for, for Van Helsing. And, um, originally, Van Helsing, I was supposed to play a different role, and it didn't work out. And then I came in at the end, and then they killed me cause they wanted me to go to ghost wars. And then I did ghost wars and then that didn't, that didn't go Anyway, It's, it's the business is crazy like that.
2: Yeah,
0: totally. And, and as a, uh, superhero fan, a comic book reader, like
1: arrow had to be right up your alley, man. Uh, that was a, that was a, blessing i don't know what i don't know how i got that i got a call one day and like they want to know if you if you'd want to do arrow and i was like oh look like, didn't mean they want me to audition like, no they just want you to be on the show i'm like wow cool uh, and it was it was great i mean my only thing is look i, I still want to play i still want to play a superhero or a supervillain before i get too old you know like I, i'm yeah. I'm determined man. Like uh i've played characters close the character i played on Continuum was sort of like had these Wolverine kind of abilities and that was cool. But, um, yeah, my only, the only bummer about arrows, I was like, please secretly give me a power or something, and, <laughs> you know, but obviously that wasn't in the cards and they, they, man, they kept me, they hung on to me on that show for, for longer than they needed to. I knew what, I knew where that character needed to end up. We all knew. Right. Um, and they postponed it as long as they could. Cause we were having a blast. I mean, I had such an incredible time on that show. It was so much fun. Yeah. You bet. know, we just we shot all the stuff on the island uh sets. So it was mostly just a lot of times it was just me and Steven, you know, and, and not a lot of distractions. This beautiful location, this beach right there and um so it was a good time for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and so was it uh, was it DC? Was it Marvel as a kid? What, what
1: was the Uh it, it was Marvel as a kid yeah. for sure. I mean, I I do love the DC I love the dark, dark DC stuff. I was a big Frank Miller, Dark Knight yeah. fan. Um, but Marvel, and then later Image, like the, the newer sort of offshoots, the, the indie vibe. Uh, that's really right. Really kind of... What were some
0: of those, uh, um, again, that was Rob Leaffield.
1: Yeah, and I mean, right now, like, the guy that's blowing my mind is, uh, I love Rick Remender. I love all the stuff, and I, I'm really blessed to have done uh, Deadly Class with him. Mm. Um He's, there's a title called uh, Seven to Eternity that just is incredible. Black Science is incredible. I mean, I'm still a comic book nerd. I just yeah, go. I, I go a little bit. Uh, I I just can't keep up with the Marvel DC.
0: The universes anymore. are. I mean, it's insane to try to keep up. I mean, I don't think we've been able to keep up since our 20s, early 20s. No, if, if I, so I were many to step now, yeah. yeah. If
1: I were to step into it now, I'd have no, I'd have no idea. Spider Man was my guy. Um, yeah, same. And, and Spider Man and the X Men. I think were, that was, those were my. Those
0: were my go-to's as well. Interesting. So, yeah. were you collecting when it was uh, Todd McFarlane doing all the two eighty-nine, two nineties, three hundreds, and all? Yeah, that?
1: for sure. Which Hell of course, like, was that? You know, and then of course you go down the spawn rabbit hole. And, yeah, uh, yeah. That stuff was that was stuff was incredible. And and uh, for me, it was like I always felt like an outsider. I was the kid in the corner with the Mohawk. I was a weirdo over here, and and I just felt like nobody understood me. And then, except for the whoever was writing these comments, because I felt like they were writing these characters for me, like these were, these were weirdos and and you know the riffraff that the people pretended didn't exist, and they were doing. I love the anti-hero. I love the 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 story of the character who just doesn't want this. He thinks it's a curse, but they still are compelled to do the right thing. And um those are the characters that, that always resonated with me.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And do you remember when you first read uh, Watchmen? And now oh, of course. mind blown you were like how good was that?
1: Oh man. As a of kid, course. It was I mean a I, what? That was I mean look that 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 won real mature literary awards like it won it won. It won the bigs, you know, like a, like a novel. Um, I, so a funny story. I was shooting this movie uh, that I don't think anybody saw, called Passengers. Not the recent one. It was an older one with Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson and Diane Weist and and David Morse. It was an incredible cast. Hmm. And I was shooting this movie, and um, I knew they were looking at doing the new Watchmen movie. And uh, this was back when like Keanu Reeves was attached to be Doctor Manhattan and stuff. And all of a sudden, Patrick uh-huh. Wilson shows up on set. He's got this the Watchmen graphic novel. Now, the way, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? And he's like, "Oh man," he pulled me aside and he sort of told me they were looking at him for Night Owl. And I was awesome. like, "I know everything about this book. I know everything." Let me. And so we talked and talked and talked. Then they start shooting it, and I um, uh, had gotten to know Zach Snyder a little bit. I was going to be in it. It was a whole crazy. I get this call uh, to go to the table read um, because Billy couldn't make it. So would you come in and just fill in and be Dr. Manhattan and, just, and you know play the role yeah. with the entire cast and all the producers and Zach? And it was, I thought, well, this is my chance. And it was, it was amazing. And I looked across the table and Jack Earl Haley, full character, as Rorschach at the table read. And I was like, oh, this guy is perfect it was, it was so cool man like it just to look see like patrick get that call at the very beginning and then i don't know if he had something to do with me being at the table read and then i got cast in it and then i had a scheduling conflict and couldn't do it and i was like oh, man. oh man
0: Yeah, i mean is that is that alan moore's best stuff for the uh graphic novel comic book world
1: boy oh boy i mean that's tricky. I Gotta mean, be.
0: close, he's, be close. He's
1: such a divisive character, right? Like, I mean, he's such, he's, he, he, come, he comes off as this, like, super intelligent, but really angry writer. But I love it. Like, I yeah, think, I um, I just think, like, especially when he was, when he was writing, like, Watchmen, when he was writing, at that time, we're talking the 80s, and it was really, I hate to throw this word out, but it was prophetic. Totally. He was, he he called it, man. Like, you know, when they were originally like, I remember talking to David Hayter after X-Men two, um, we were at a party together and, and he, you know, he had done, right. And he was trying to write, he was trying to do Watchmen back then. And they were going to shoot in Australia. And then nine eleven happened. And he was like, I can't, we can't do, we can't blow up New York now. Like until it got yeah. shelved for a decade, um, um, obvious for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. yeah, you couldn't you couldn't have done it. I mean, Taste even, reasons alone, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even when they did it, they had to. That was that was an area that I feel like you know in the film they had to be really extra sensitive with for mm-hmm. obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I remember when that was supposed to happen, and because I, I met David Hater. this thing and, and my whole I was with my buddy Scully and we were we were giving him shit because we th- we thought we could have cast it better, <laughs> we thought <we> could have <laughs> nice. cast the X Men movie, yeah, the yeah. X Men cast better. Cause... But anyway, that's yeah. how that's how much of a comic book nerd I am. Oh, I literally yeah, tell the writers <laughs> that I should cast this movie better.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. So
1: if, this was also back when I was that guy. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, it still sounds like you're that guy. Uh, <laughs> if if you could have a superpower, then which power would you want to have?
1: Um. Well, so Nightcrawler is probably my favorite mutant of all time. Yeah. And I love the idea of teleporting. I just think that I don't, I just love that kind of, uh, I hate flying. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like flying. I don't like to be on planes. I have to do it all the time. And i was like, man, if I could just teleport, that would be fantastic. It,
0: it, it's the best power. That literally is the power I always tell people.
1: Oh, really? It's, it's the power, man. I, like
0: it, it, it's the best one.
1: Yeah you can just imagine you're at that shitty party and you just cannot wait to get out of there and you're like you know what i'm just gonna sneak over to the hockey game for a second and see what's going on you just pop you, back in you
0: smell the brimstone and <laughs> yeah. you know you come back wow. you're
1: like hey what's going on guys yeah. something's burning yeah. uh no i just had to yeah to go check the score on the
0: canucks game <laughs> nice what are you binge watching lately yourself like you're in so many shows and but what do you, if um, you find the time, what are you binging right now?
1: Well, right now, uh, I'm watching The Witcher. Um, yeah, I think that's the, good. I, I haven't,
0: th- haven't seen it yet. It's
1: good. It is good. Uh, I'm not going to say the problems I have with it, but I, no, I really like it. Um, yeah, that must I, be tough,
0: hey, as a as somebody that knows the, the industry and knows the craft as well as you do. Well, I, mean, I know
1: people involved in it. Yeah. It, so
0: like to, like, to, to watch something, how hard is that for you to actually push it aside and be like, all right, like, let's just watch this as a fan, not... You know somebody that's in it as a critic, kind of thing. How hard is mostly
1: that? Mostly, it's mostly it's easy. Yeah. Um, if there's say an actor in it that I'd worked with, or maybe I didn't, we didn't get along or something, I find that a little distracting sometimes. Or there's a performance yeah. that I'm like, eh. but mostly, I can still do it. I can still you know get into the fantasy of it all. Um, like watching The Mandalorian. Oh, um, great show! I I I I love. Gina um, Carano, we did a film together uh, a few years ago. We we came as new friends and been in touch since. And and she's so amazing. She's such a lovely human. And I'm really, really glad to see um, her get this shot. And to see her knock that character out of the park just makes me so happy. She's such a cool, cool woman. Um, And just a powerhouse. Like I'll tell you, man, uh, we had to do fight scenes. And I'm a pretty good fighter getting fake kicked by Gina Carano. Sucks. I would <laughs> never in a million years want to get real kicked <laughs> by that woman. Uh, and then uh, the other one, my, my wife and I are watching Righteous Gemstones because mm. what
2: the hell Danny is that? McBride. I've never heard of that.
1: Oh, it's Danny McBride's I new mean, HBO Danny McBride and um, oh. John Goodman, and yeah, it's, uh, it's 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 very very Danny McBride. Well, I mean he... <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's about uh, it's about um, a so uh, televangelist family
0: okay <laughs> that's
1: really that's really all you need to
0: yeah, know yeah i mean danny mcbride and what was the uh east side and down is that what it was called yeah yeah yeah, yeah man that that's like he has got to be one of the best uh comedically timed actors of the last you know couple generations
1: so unique to me, to- to totally, me I, just man. Don't, I can't think of anything else anyone yeah. else like him and the funny thing to me is danny mcbride has looked like he's in his 40s since he was 19 years old <laughs> <laughs> totally
0: and and to the Star Wars, we're talking the Mandalorian. You've seen the 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 latest? You see it? In I, have no,
1: oh, I have not. No, I'm not. It's hard, man. I, I I have a I have a four year old, and it yeah. uh, makes uh. And I also I live in Squamish, and we don't have a movie theater here, so oh, I right. bit of are forgot a you're in
0: Squamish. Yeah, that is a bit of a trek to see. It's actually a night out. We're going out.
1: It, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah. it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a whole thing. when yeah. We just want to go to a movie. <laughs> that's not a, that's not Pixar. Yeah,
0: true enough. Uh, I do want to re- be respectful of your time. I, I I wanted to bang out a few oddball questions with you, and then I'll uh, I'll let you go. We'll get outside oh, man, of, uh, no, of acting, you have to be, of course. What you're you're to be for. respectful of my time, man? I love this. Stuff. I'll eat it up. Then I'll eat up your time. <laughs> uh, are you a big sports guy? do You watch the MMA fights, uh, UFC, Bellator, huge, and all that?
1: Huge MMA fan. Yeah, and so. uh, I'm
0: a big Canucks fan. Yeah. How, how you how you liking your Vancouver Canucks this year? you're On a bit of a tear right now
1: listen i don't want to jinx anything but i'm very it's yeah. I'm, good. I'm happy yeah. i'm happy i'd like to see uh p stay up on his skates a little more often He's, he falls down a lot but he gets the job done so that's cool yeah um uh i'm yeah i typical caduxo
0: they always keep it interesting
1: oh yeah, but that game yesterday was like, whew, it was a nail biter. It was great. It was a fantastic <laughs> game. And uh, just it, it let not, you know, if anybody from the Canucks organization is listening, please. Well, they you got to re sign, re sign Mark, like, Markstrom. You got to re sign the guy. Yeah. Like, get the job done. He's an all star now. He just got, he just got uh, put on the all star team.
0: If you could bring uh, an old player back, who would you want to bring back?
1: Oh, geez. You know, like, a bunch of people. Came back, but I always hated losing um, BXa. Yeah, I hated losing Bexa. I mean, well, I mean, it depends how far back you want to go for old players. Yeah, no, no, go back
0: the whole yeah, the whole life. But yeah, bx is a good you know, one.
1: Yeah, but but you know, relatively, you know, like within my sort of generation of watching, um, I I will always hate that they got rid of BXA and I understand why they got rid of Burroughs just to keep him in the league for a little bit. For, but I, I, you know, I as look, if Burroughs played on another team, I probably wouldn't like him, but I, I right. love him as a
0: No, he's definitely one camera. of those guys. Like, he's just a, a little bit of a gnat. You know, he kind of gets under your skin. It's kind of like Kessler. Yeah. You know, when when Kessler played for us, yeah. you loved the guy. When he took off, you're like, fuck off, bud.
1: Yeah, or like, remember like Rafi Torres? Torres. He was like Burroughs <laughs> well, before wasn't Burroughs. He, Torres,
0: wasn't Torres playing with the Edmonton Oilers before we got him? With. Yeah, I, I, think so. was, I think that was think that was a case, and like hated the guy.
1: We had Scrappy and we had Matt Cook. We yeah. had I mean, we had some we had a scrappy team little, there, man.
0: Just, we had a scrappy team in the mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. But that's just not that's not the game anymore. No, not yeah. at all. Yeah. What was the music in uh, in the Robbins house as a kid growing up? What are your parents playing?
1: Well, you know, what's funny. My mom was huge into Motown, okay, and my stepdad was into like old the old country like the, the greats like you know willie nelson johnny cash waylon jenny you know, yeah. yeah all yeah all the all the old so it was a really eclectic um musical uh turntable yeah. at uh at our place yeah so i i was exposed to a lot of stuff my mom um was a singer she used to sing in this motown cover band oh um, that had the worst name ever whenever they were called the Carefreeze the Carefreeze I was like, okay I'm like isn't that a feminine hygiene spot? anyway uh, <laughs> so I tease her about that but, yeah, but uh, yeah my mom was a beautiful singer and well, that's cool
0: and so what and was yeah. it that got you down the, the rock path
1: um Uh, storytelling man that's just a passion of um, you know stuff I was listening to I was a big Tom Waits fan I was a big Pink Floyd fan you know I discovered that in my early teens and um, I'd been writing uh, like poetry and lyrics since I was really young and uh, I was a just a garbage musician I started as a drummer I tried playing bass I was in a band I was playing bass but I was writing the songs and we couldn't find a singer so I started singing and then that ended up being like where i what i loved is is um is that part and when i got it with with helen keller it was just so different because i used my voice as another instrument and kind of like we're into the back then we were into like the john zorn projects and mm-hmm. mr bungle and we were yeah. we were godfathered by skinny puppy those guys took us under their wing and um we were sort of were for them and um so it was super experimental and I was I was making instruments. I la Tom Waits, and I was running everything through multi effects units. And I was running a theremin through a turntable mixer and using my voice as like sound effects. And it was bananas. It was so crazy, man. That was like yeah, it. Yeah, was super fun. That would
0: be cool to look back on that part of your life, eh?
1: Yeah, and we got to remix people's albums uh, because of the sound we we were. And we got to um, score films. And uh, when we would play, like when we played the Winter Music uh, Conference in South Beach, Miami one year, we were a five-piece band playing the same sort of like Daft Punk and Chemical Brothers and The Orb. So all these sort of DJ-specific sampling bands, you know, we were playing that stuff live. We had two drummers and bass player, turntable, you know. So it it was a pretty cool live show, um at the time
0: mm-hmm. yeah trippy and what was your first concert that you attended
1: um uh, my first concert was uh in excess oh yeah yeah i lived in victoria no one ever came there so we, it had, you'd have to make the trip to vancouver so i think it was fifteen or something and i went with cousins and that was probably we, a pretty I good met. show though i bet eh? it was a great show yeah Oh, I, I, yeah, no, I I quite liked In Excess back in my yeah. in early years. Like, yeah, they are oh,
0: huge. I, in the mid-80s, mid, mid 80s, that was a massive band.
1: Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you're a little skate punk or whatever, you know, you're, was, you listen to In Excess, Midnight Oil and stuff back then. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 the old Aussie Invasion.
2: <laughs>
0: totally right <laughs> the old Aussie invasion
1: back when back when music had a little bit of more of a political edge mm. you know? I miss that man I when it's miss- all
0: coming around Rage Against the Machine man is going to be doing some wow. dates and well, I was going to say wait. in 2020 but I guess in this year yeah we're already in 2020.
2: yeah I can't wait at least wait. 2020
1: I mean, fuck me do you, do you think so wow. like do you think for their first show to be at Coachella that's a man. little weird though I think that it's
0: just they're a band that's needed and we just need them to play wherever it is, and maybe or they'll Coachella? have dates. No, no, but maybe they'll have dates before that, though. You know what I mean? I think Coachella's the first one. Is it? Well, so far that's been announced, but yeah, that's so I, far that's been announced. I don't know. Like, I, I get what you're I mean, saying. they it's, it's a really, yeah. it's an odd bill. Like, besides take them out of the the, the picture. Take uh, who else did I notice that? Where uh, Run the Jewels were also on the same date yeah. as uh, uh, as a Rage, which is another fucking rad band. If people don't know, Run the Jewels so good crazy good band but take those two bands out and like literally i'm like eh Eh. like pass i'll pass on that yeah
1: Uh, that's what i mean but uh, you know i think we need more of that like we need run the jewels man we need more killer mics out there we need we need people doing real life things like you know we need that push like i talked to my my teenage daughter about the music she listens to and and the state of things and you know when politics get weird and the world gets crazy you know back then like we got angry and and like said said what we meant and meant what we said and we were and and took action and now just i feel like artistically it's a lot of whining i'm gonna get so much shit for saying that i know people are probably gonna be really mad but if i were to generalize a lot of the music and a lot of the the, the 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 art and a lot of films we're seeing are, are, are quite quite poor. Me, you know, a little whiny, a little poor. Me, like I want a little, yeah. I want some vitriol, man. I want some anger. I some want some angst. Spit.
0: Totally, <laughs> some man. Angst. Would be, you want that because that's what we grew up with.
1: Yeah, that's fair. That's why. That's true. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you could I, I saw this like uh, this like stupid meme the other day, but it was kind of true that like you could say what you want about Generation X, but we were right. <laughs> we were right we called it man <laughs> oh that's right
0: I, I saw one and i i thought i saved it on my phone i was out drinking one night and uh it was about a week week and a half ago and i thought i saved it but the gist of it was and i didn't uh it was something like you know as gen xers we've lived through five decades because uh, 70s 80s 90s 2000s or i guess that'd be seven decades six decades yeah, You know, we've gone through, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, every single point was like, yes, yes. You know, we're like, we're the badass generation. Gen Xers are like, you know, we're, we're cool enough to be hanging with the old, with the younger. We're, we're savvy and uh, experienced enough to be hanging out with, you know, our parents and stuff, which are the boomers. Um, yeah, you know we're just there. We just fit in everywhere.
1: Yeah. We're the, we're the last true badasses. And yeah. I, I say that proudly.
0: I totally
1: totally agree. I'm seeing it now, like the young generation, the teen generation now are, we're starting to see these badasses come up. And, you know, I mean, I say that about music, but then I, I, you know, you look around and you see like the Billie Eilishes, and you see some really cool talent coming up. People, you know, saying, you know, with a lot of things, people have a lot of things to say and doing a lot of unique things. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's starting to come.
0: Yeah, I do like Billie Eilish. She's cool.
1: She's just... She's good stuff. She's so unique. It's just so like... Yeah. And she's... Uh, for me, like, I I kind of wasn't paying attention until I started listening to the lyrics. I mean, she's a storyteller. She's kind of... There's some good there's some good young storytellers coming out. And I like people that are writing their own music again.
0: Yeah, same. Same. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to hit you with two more questions and I'll let you go. Uh, it's probably bedtime in your house here coming up as well as yeah. in, in my house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So the first one, and I think I know the answer to this, but maybe I'm wrong. Do you believe aliens have visited earth?
1: Oh, how dare you? Yes. <laughs> I, in some capacity, I, I don't know. Uh, the short answer is, um, yeah, I think I also, but I also think that we used to be way smarter and we just got dumber. I also like, I, 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 I do think that there is um, there's just some things that we just don't understand and, and maybe aliens. I, I, do, I don't disbelieve the idea of yeah. aliens at all, because I f- why wouldn't there be You, you know, know it
0: would be the reverse, like you know, it's less feasible that they haven't.
1: How arrogant is it to think that the, this huge universe that we know nothing about—that we're in—that right. like, just seems that just seems arrogant to me. But I, I you know, yeah, like NASA's Kepler
0: program has identified—I don't like—is know, a—it's like a, it's a million planets or something like that. It's some ridiculous number. Even yeah, it doesn't need to necessarily be humanoids. It no, could be just also, something.
1: And of all people to start like. not exposing, but you know, stuff became declassified and to bring that knowledge to the public, Tom DeLong from Blink-182 is like leading this crazy charge and going like, look what's available. This is what's available. And the the government
0: and the U S government saying, absolutely. Aliens exist. And people, it's at that point now where the, the super information highway is our attention span is like six minutes.
1: Oh, dude! Like, like, nobody cares. Nobody dude, they cares, just, dude. They like, nobody cares. They're like, oh yeah, no, these are for sure UFOs. Like these are yeah. like, yeah, we think these like, yeah, yeah, yeah. are probably alien shits. People are <laughs> like, oh yeah, cool. What's great. Trump doing? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Have we impeached him yet? We did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, but then
0: he bombed. Are, uh, he is are we going to war with Iran? Iran or what's no. going? All oh, right, cookies over here. Great. Okay. Cool.
1: Yeah. 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 We're just yeah. we're all over that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like an impeached president potentially just started a war and we're just like nah, i'm over my si- that's my six minute limit let's go back to
0: to it back to the screen what's happening they on just, my, my facebook Jeffrey feed
1: katzenberg and code just created a whole new streaming service called quibi which is content that is literally 12 minutes or less it's on the go content yeah. and huge stars are getting on board um for this new streaming service called quibi Uh, it's crazy. You watch, it's designed to watch on your phone, on the subway or wherever Wherever. you are. Yeah. On the plane, you know, just 12 minute shows. Like, like that's where, that's, that's that's, where we're heading. That's that's our time frame. That's where we're heading,
0: man. Yeah. There's no way people are still listening to this podcast.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We we lost the young minutes ago.
0: (laughs) Minutes and minutes ago. Uh, Last question. And I think yeah. I know your answer to this one
1: as well, but I'll ask anyway.
0: What's your right. take on legalized
1: marijuana? I, I think it's great. I think it's uh, appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about. I think it's about time. And uh, I think. Uh, I think there needs to be a a lot of changes to the to the drug laws. Um, because what's been happening for several decades has not only not worked; it's been uh, documented as detrimental. Like it has been. a th- Right. Absolute it's a failure, failure. yeah 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 so yeah no i i uh, i'm all for it i uh yeah i'm all for it and 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 look what's happening i mean just the advancements in cbd treatments alone have totally. been uh exponential so uh, i i think it's i think colorado is an incredible example of um you know a
0: good uh, the that can come of it and school systems and health and and all that, all the influx of money to those uh, regions and stuff. And not only that, but yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before we start to see, you know, hemp being used in, uh, like, the, like it was used in the late 1800, uh, 1800s, early 1900s, where it was like, you know, clothing and textiles and, uh, you know. And, and I
1: think even in World War One, it was used for rope and stuff. All,
0: right? like, all of that stuff. And not only that, it was all used for that, but, you know, do a little bit of. Research on this and you'll see that it's not only used in that capacity but also uh the turnaround for that plant is like yeah. six to one versus or eight to one or something like that to yeah. uh you know cutting down clear cutting a forest yeah
1: i mean where, if you where, think, where's, uh, where's the mentality that? plant? that's right you take the mar- a marijuana plant and the bamboo plant those things are are, are so durable And um, you know there's just so much to be done uh with with both those plants and uh I, i'm uh, you know i think there's a there's a we're just seeing the the, the surface we're scratching the surface of, of what we're, i think uh the potential of, of this plant and what can happen with it so yeah you know i agree uh, i'm curious to see where where this all goes and um uh yeah i'm all for it man
2: <laughs> you're
0: a good man ryan thank you for <laughs> taking some time here to join us uh, the toddcast in vancouver canada uh, you are at Rye Robbins on Twitter, and uh, you're pretty active, man. Pretty uh, engaged, which is a little bit. I really try. I see. keep
1: it. I keep it subtle. I don't get political. I don't. No, get I like crazy. It, I, I like uh, that you're
0: actually, you know, you're engaged and you you talk to your fans and your followers and stuff. It's it's cool to see.
1: I try. I'm trying to be better at Instagram. My Instagram's Rain City Ryro and uh, I'm trying to be better. You know, the uh, whole Riverdale thing um, has really made me have to up my instagram game, game. that's that uh that's uh that's a that's an amazing fandom oh my god oh my so, god i bet yeah, yeah I bet. my 15 year old daughter uh i've been doing this for over 20 years and she um, i finally made it nice. <laughs> i'm on her favorite show nice
0: <laughs> well congrats man on all the success and uh i guess we'll see you online
1: yeah, man, thanks, Todd. It was awesome to talk
0: to you. Yeah, man, it's been uh, been far too long. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon.
1: Yeah, over beers next time. The Toddcast podcast on toddhancock.ca.